Welcome to SinCast, presented by CinemaSins. Here we are. We are finally doing a podcast. We've been talking about doing this for at least 20 years. 25. We've been 25. 25. That's right. Oh, my God. You're right. It was 1990. Um, we were all holed up in a basement and we decided, you know what? We need to do a podcast for this future YouTube channel. YouTube didn't exist yet. That's how future, you know, thinking we were back then. Um, but, uh, anyway, um, my name is Chris Atkinson. I am one of the co-founders of CinemaSins along with my partner in crime, Jeremy Scott, Yellow. who is also the co-founder of CinemaSins and the voice of CinemaSins. Mm. Uh, that's the, uh, the voice that you hear in your dreams and uh every time you watch a movie and um i don't know other things too like masturbation probably yeah. as well Definitely. this just got fun um, yeah um so uh and then we're also here with uh barrett share who is a writer of music video sins Woo. uh if it wasn't for barrett share we probably would never have had a music video sins because we don't have time to do it on our end and so here he is he is going to help us out with this podcast here today Day. I got time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so what are we going to do? Well, you know what? Apparently, we're going to talk about ourselves again, which apparently everybody needs to know how we started. And we've done this before. Like, how many times do you say we've come up with the origin story of CinemaSins? 62. 62 times, uh, by my count. But if we do it here then future podcast questions from fans will hopefully not include this information. Yeah, Where'd exactly. Where'd you guys come from? Yeah, yeah. Where are they going? Where are they been? <laughs> um, but, uh, so, yeah, I mean, every time we've done a convention of some sort, the first question usually is, how did you come up with the idea? Of this? Or it's usually at the, you know, if, they, if we decide to go and talk to a press junket of some sort, they ask, how do you come up with this idea? So, uh, the genesis of it obviously comes from the fact that we're both movie theater people who worked in the movie theater business for a long time. And it started with the Thursday night showings before a movie would come out and being fans of mystery science theater. Uh, we did our own mystery science theater on these Thursday night shows. Um, people probably don't remember, or at least a lot of our fans don't realize sadly is that, Used to be you had to put the movies together in the projection booth. It would come on six reels of actual, like, touchable film. And and projectionist managers, like Chris and I, would have to stitch those together. And, and then it literally was part of our job to watch the movie to make sure we didn't screw up and to make sure there wasn't scratches on the print or what have you. Uh, and so we would be paid to sit every Thursday night after midnight and watch movies that weren't even out yet. And it was freaking glorious. Um Nowadays, I don't think they even get to watch them beforehand at they all. They don't. There's actually some rules in place because of the digital uh, rental policy or whatever it is, and it's stupid. Uh, that's one of the big reasons why you would ever want to be working at a movie theater yeah, is exactly. to be able to watch the movie before everybody else does and when nobody else is in the theater because it's great when there's nobody in the theater. Oh, it's glorious. Um, so, yeah, um, so we... That was a, the sort of the beginning of it. Everybody kind of who's a fan of Mystery Science Theater and 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 can kind of come up with some things here and there is going to do Mystery Science Theater type of stuff. Now, 
YouTube didn't exist back in the days that we were both working at movie theaters. Uh, I unfortunately worked all the way up until 2013 in movie theaters. Uh, the uh, That was the worst ever. But uh, in any case, um, you, Jeremy, started uh, getting into online video because of writing at Real SEO. Yep. And that's how that first germ started. You started learning about all that type of thing. I came on to, to the site Real SEO later, but it started with you going to that. And I think you're, that was where you, where did you first start getting the idea? I did a, I did a column. Real SEO is a website that talks about online video tips and news and tricks and whatnot. Um, and Chris and I both spent time there working as writers and editor. Um, but I did a, a weekly Friday viral video roundup where I would just find that week's you know, most popular, appealing viral videos, uh, something Freddie Wong did, something from Improv Everywhere. A lot of cat you. videos. There were plenty of cat videos because cat videos are awesome. But, yeah. uh, and I just, I, I, I don't think I'm capable of doing that kind of thing for very long without getting the bug myself to try something. And you know, YouTube is this great open landscape where anybody can put up a video. Um, why not give it a try? And I think that's when we started experimenting. Yeah, and I had absolutely really no interest in online video for a really long time. Um, I, I know that I wanted to write and do stuff involving writing and got into Real SEO without really knowing much about online video. I think Mark Robertson, the founder of Real SEO, knew this, but um, but I think as long as you can write competently about the subject, you don't really need to know that much right off the bat anyway. I wasn't like uh, supposed to be an expert right away. I was just trying to find different little things to write about. But I remember the first time that I realized that there was something to this was when the YouTube uh, Creator Handbook came out, and uh, I was covering that, and I was writing on each new chapter, and I was like, oh, there are a lot of ways. I mean, this makes a lot of sense. What these people do to get successful on YouTube, it's right there in the handbook. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to be good first mm -hmm. off. You can't just come out with and do anything and then follow the YouTube creator handbook and suddenly like, oh, it's just horrible <laughs> videos are getting popular. Um, I mean, I th I'm sure that there are some people who disagree with that. Horrible videos are being popular all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> CinemaSins is horrible. Right? Exactly. <laughs> CinemaSins is horrible. Um, so, uh, but I started writing on that and I was like, wow, okay, that makes sense. It was around that time, it was shortly after that, you had left Real SEO and you started making videos and it's like super cuts and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, I think we found out with the super cuts, those things were just immensely popular right off the bat. Like you put them on and it was just like, you know, people loved seeing, you know, just the kicking and kickboxer. And, <laughs> just and the swearing and Pulp Fiction. Just the swearing and Pulp Fiction. And when you condense it down to this type of uh, production, it's like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know it happened so much. It's a like lot of that. kicks. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I do enjoy the one comment that was on the kickboxer one where the guy was like, like, oh, come on. Those weren't all kicks. There were knees. <laughs> there were very many knees. Um. But uh, so that started off that and, and it was and it was that was fine for a while. But of course, when you ever use um, movies and footage and everything, you're at the whim of YouTube and the um, and the copyright issues and all that stuff. So our 
most popular one was, I believe, the Fast and the Furious, just the shifting, or it might have been the Avengers Hulk one. Um, I think both of them got hit. Um, and uh, and so it was like, okay, so sort of back to the drawing board on this. And anecdotally, just for those who maybe aren't aware of the, the YouTube system, like Justin Lin, the director of several Fast and Furious movies, posted that supercut on his Facebook page. He loved it. But there's no connection between the creative people and the men behind the curtain pushing the buttons on the copyright stuff. And so... Um, that was really heart heartbreaking for me that, that the director had posted it. That was the first big like, ah, somebody noticed us. Yes, and it was like two weeks later it got pulled. Uh, it was depressing. So what yeah, was we that went, channel. It's called the Cussing Channel. No, oh, nice. It still exists, but most of the videos got. I, I either deleted them for fear of reprimand, or they were they were copyright blocked or something. Um, <laughs> shortly after this, we we started something based on. Um, you had you had started a thing on when blogs were like a huge bit. Well, I guess blogs are still big, but yeah. like I think there was a, a a period of time where blogs were blogs way bigger. A blurge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I remember the it's my favorite Ethan Hawke movie. <laughs> That's right, the blurge anarchy. Um, but uh, I remember you had had written these a couple of fake movie reviews on a blog that just, you just started from scratch or whatever. And what I really enjoyed about those were that it was that, you know, it, everything about the movie was made up that you were criticizing. <laughs> and, and so, so like, you know, like I didn't really like it when everybody died at the end, you know, that's a common, <laughs> that's a common one that, you know, you come up with the top of your head, but like, that was more than that. It was more than just everybody died at the end. Um, but it was stuff like you didn't like that wasn't actually in the movie. Um, so I thought, you know, hey, let's do it where we have a Siskel and Ebert type of uh, thing where they pretend like they've seen the movie before it came out. And uh, and we start criticizing stuff in the movie that's not in the movie. And it's really easy to do this because the movie isn't out yet and you can make <laughs> up anything you want to about it. So... So writing some scripts for that. And, of course, the thing is, when you're trying to be as deadpan as possible, uh, a lot of people do not understand it when they watch it. And they're like, oh, how could you possibly say this about the Dark Knight Rises? This is stupid, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And you don't, they don't realize, hey, we're joking. And there's some, and I will contend to this day, there was some of the funniest stuff ever written in those, in those things. They just didn't take off. They didn't take off in the way that would make it be like, hey, we've got to pursue this, you know, keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. Yeah. So they were pretty labor intensive too, right? Because we had to be in the same place and we had to shoot and get our lines right and do the different angles. And yeah. There's a lot more involved in the production of those videos than the supercuts or what we're doing now. Yeah. It was, it, I mean, if we could have had like just a magic crew to come up and be able to do lights and. Set the camera. The yeah, exactly. You a know, group of elves. Yeah, just an app, an elf. Yeah, that would have, or a group just of elf. elves. Yeah, group, yeah, one one elf. Yes. How big is a group? Three has to be for an elf group. Right? Yeah, I think. Third? Yeah, I think you call that a herd. I thought it was a murder. What's that? A murder of elves. A murder of elves. <laughs> That's right. That's right. A um, um, a preponderance of coming elves. this Christmas. Um, a murder of elves. Yes. I think um, I just got an idea. 
Oh, you've got a raging clue, do you? No, I'm just going to make a movie called A Murder of Elves. Ah, uh, yes. And it's going to be a comic horror Christmas movie. Oh, okay, there you go. I think that would be awesome, actually. I would definitely watch it. Um, but uh, so so from that, the, the, it went back to movies again. Uh, we, you know, we did this movie review thing that didn't work. Um, so now, in a way, we sort of... Uh, changed it to i guess you have the best of both worlds with cinema sins where there's a a jokey commentary on what is wrong with the movie um it's some of it has is serious criticism but a lot of it is not a lot of it's just can we make you laugh about this particular moment and whatever now the way it started was it was we were trying to get something under five minutes, easily digestible um, type of things that were just the major moments in the movie, and that's it. And it's evolved over time. But anyway, start with The Amazing Spider-Man and how that all came came about. Well, I think we were trying to... We started out, like, actually intentionally trying to be, like, the Micro Machines guy from those commercials when we were kids. Yeah. I don't know how many listeners will remember that, but the Micro Machines commercial guy talked really freaking fast. Um, and so it was sort of like, what if that guy was the asshole in his parents' basement who hated everything and nitpicked everything like he knew better? And so that was sort of the persona. And, um, yeah, we started with The Amazing Spider-Man, a movie that never needed to be make, made in the first place. That's why the very first sin of any video ever is this movie exists because that was made what five years after Spider-Man yeah, 3? Yeah, it was not long after, yeah. And so, you know, I, I think I recorded I don't even remember how many sins that movie has, 60 something maybe? It's not much, but we did get a lot in two minutes. Yeah, and so it's a, just a two minute video and I sent over a sample to Chris and, and he basically was like, yes, we, we should continue this and uh, so we tightened that up and launched it and somebody posted it on BuzzFeed and that was that. Which ultimately is, if you're trying to be successful on YouTube, it's the number one thing to try to do. It's one of them, for sure. Try to find a gatekeeper of some sort that has a lot of followers that likes it, and you put it. they put it on there, and suddenly that's where you get the boost in views when yeah, you first start. Yeah, and that can come from a site like BuzzFeed or Reddit from user-submitted posts, or it can come from... Kim Kardashian tweeting out your video or Taylor Swift liking your cover of her song and tweeting it out. That gatekeeper can be anyone who has a huge audience. And so we got about 250,000 views in that first week, and we wanted to bounce that. And once it got hit BuzzFeed, we got, I think it was Forbes uh, that wrote about it. Maybe it was Wired uh, that wrote about the video and posted it. So I contacted the author of that article, and said, we're going to do another one next week. Would you like an exclusive interview or window of time to post the video or what have you? And so we parlayed that into basically a guaranteed Wired. I think it was Wired. Wired is going to post this video. So um, <clears throat> then that happened. We did The Avengers Next, and I think we did a short maybe interview and sent them the link, and they, they wrote about it. And then we found another I think that was when Forbes wrote about the Avengers video. And so we went to Forbes and said, hey, we're going to do another one next week. Would you like some sort of exclusive notification or mm -hmm. chance to look at? So for five or six weeks, we basically were able to bounce from major publication to major publication just through old school 
knocking on doors, basically. Yeah. Uh, and by the time that six-week run was over, we we had enough subscriber base and momentum. We knew this was – I think we had 30,000 subs at that point. Um, I think we knew this is going to be something. We can keep rolling this. Um, so, yeah. And I think I think that I realized it right then and there because the Avengers actually brought a guy to come out with his own video – criticizing everything that was in the everything wrong with the Avengers video. Is that the Avengers? Yeah, wow. it was the Avengers. And like you he's he's standing in front of his he's sitting in front of his camera with the with a laptop next to it or desk I don't know if it was a laptop. And he's playing he plays the video. You can hear the video sound come up and, and he stops and he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like eighteen minutes long. It was a long yeah, ass video. It was a really long How long video. was your video? Like three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, that's funny. If you ever look at those old, old videos, you're like, oh, we must have gone like eight minutes on that or whatever. And it's three minutes because not only was it way faster, but we were we were not trying to be that deep onto, you know, every little thing. And I think it was I don't know what at what point that's that started to come around. A lot of our turning points are like the room and Batman and Robin and all these different, you know, movies that really required longer videos and everything uh i know that the what was it harry potter one of the harry potters that we did was one of the first 10 minute videos that we did that was that there's a lot of turning points i know that i remember when we did man of steel also there was i remember i don't know i sort of took it to heart on comments i usually didn't take comments to heart that much but there was a guy who was like you guys missed so much in this in this video and he was clearly disappointed and i'm sitting there thinking yeah, there's a lot of things we don't do in these videos, but we're, we haven't gotten to that point where we feel like we can do videos that long yet, you know, super long. And, and, uh, it was Batman and Robin that really just broke that. Where we're just like, <laughs> you know what? We can go get away with any video. Cause the Batman and Robin one was very popular. So, yeah. well, and I was obsessed early on with keeping them short. Like when it was Chris's turn to do an edit, if he sent me something that was like six minutes, I'd be like, is there any way we can get it down to five? Like really? anything we can do. I was obsessed. I didn't think people would watch anything longer than five minutes. I'm clearly wrong <laughs> as we can look back in hindsight and say, but at the, there's so much I didn't realize. I thought or in that first month, I thought we maybe had three or four weeks before we had to come up with a completely new format. Like I didn't even think the everything wrong with format had the kind of legs it does. I thought we were going to have to flip it and do everything right with like a really shitty movie with four or five weeks in just to keep things fresh because uh, I was an idiot. I didn't know, I didn't know what world I was playing in and you learn as you go, I guess. But yeah, I remember actually several videos uh, that I shortened down to get to this point. I remember the dark night, the dark night would have been the first one to ever have the logos uh, sin in it, but I ended up cutting that out. Dark Knight actually is the reason for the logo sin because I remember when I was in the movie theater and I had to, I remember the midnight showing uh, opening night of the Dark Knight at my theater sold out. This was when I was in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, we sold out. We interlocked seven different auditoriums with two prints. And that I, I so I'm sort of like obsessed with making sure everything's going without a hitch with mm-hmm. this really dangerous interlock that we had going on upstairs. Nobody watching Dark Knight. 
this is how good I am, by the way, <laughs> realizes how much danger is involved with this interlock. Like, seriously, one thing goes wrong with one projector, then that means like 1,200 people. All interlocks to, uh, make yeah. me nervous. Yeah. It was always a nerve-wracking thing. Um, but I remember being so obsessed with it that uh, I was like, okay, make sure that the lights go down, make sure the sound is right, and all this other stuff. So I was going to each projector as the movie went through and the, and I, and I, and I see the lights go down and you know, whatever, but then I'd sit there and watch it for the next minute. And it was nothing but logos. (laughs) It was nothing but logos. And I'm like, God, are they ever going to just get to the beginning of this awesome beginning, you know, or it's the bank robbery and everything. Um, but like that was one that was going to be like that, and we ended up cutting probably I don't know a good five to ten cents from it just to get try to get it down to a certain manageable length. And the room had two different bonus rounds in it, it had two yeah, other yeah. extra bonus rounds yeah. in it that I had to cut and re redo the math on it. Oh it's the most God. complex <laughs> bonus rounds we've ever done to this day was but was the room. You're like. Um, john nash in a beautiful mind like it was insane and i think we still messed up somewhere but after you get to the hundreds of millions i don't think it matters (laughs) anymore um so uh so yeah i I do remember that at the beginning we were trying to get that you know those really fast videos and honestly if i were to tell you to create a channel i would say try to keep the videos uh short and everything but we sort of realized that People wanted more. Our poor audience wanted more. Yeah. And that's why we ended up saying, all right, we're going to just go for the downs every time. And if that means some people are going to be upset about it, yeah, sorry about it. Well, and I mean, statistically, it's clear we can see on YouTube that that's just not the case. That people who complain about the videos being too long are a super, super tiny minority. Um, but at the same time, I think if we'd started our thing with 18-minute videos, it probably wouldn't have taken off. I think there was yeah. something about that two-minute bite-size ability that led BuzzFeed to even push it to the front page. They're not going to push an 18-minute video, right? I yeah. mean, so I think we almost had to go that route in order to learn we could go longer. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's I think that's uh, true. And so basically— even two parts. Yeah, which, you know, which which came about because of Transformers. We had a 30-minute video that YouTube was not going to accept. Uh, I, and I finally said, you know what, let's, let's cut this in a half. And also, it, as sort of a bonus for people who were like, you know, eh, why don't you cut it in a two, blah, 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 I have a bunch of bonus rounds in it. <laughs> because, uh, you know... That's the. I think that's sort of a, our our peace offering. <laughs> you know, uh, we did it on all the Star Wars prequels too. Yeah. Put a bonus round on each one of those, so it's just sort of say, hey, look, you know, sorry, you had to go through two videos. Here's some bonus rounds. You know, you know. Well, and so, we also turned off the ads on the second part videos. Yeah, like, we, we, we did try to go out of our way to make that as smooth yeah. a, uh, an experience as possible. Um, but I also just think it's funny to split it in two because I see so many people on Twitter who are like, this movie's so bad they had to split their synth video in two. And I'm like, all right, we'll take that. Let's just run with that ex- explanation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the sort of the story of us. We got... Uh, I love that movie. Bruce Willis is excellent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which reminds me of the other thing that we used to do in the fake movie reviews where it was always Bruce... Like, like you know, I, I really hated it when Bruce Willis popped up. Well, we didn't like the Bruce Willis scene. This was, by the way, we were making these around the time that G.I. Joe sequel yeah. was coming out where oh, in the trailer, yeah. Bruce Willis pops up out of the back with the gun and it's kind of like a surprise cameo. And so we... 
I guess we're so tickled by that we we put him in every movie. Yeah. So every movie is like it was like I especially liked it during the Bruce Willis scene, and we cut to that scene of him coming out of the trunk. Time. And awesome. uh, but he was not only in that; he was like in a whole bunch. He's like in Expendables, and he, I think he was some other movie at the time. It was just like a bunch of movies Bruce Willis just happened to be in while we were doing that and we, it was just always fun to go to that gi joe coming out of the trunk scene um but uh anyway yeah that's sort of the story of us that's how we came up with it and you know that that's that's uh, i think that's a good history right there yeah um so it's what, an oral history it's an oral history of cinema sins um featuring bruce willis that's right featuring bruce willis and um, kenneth branagh <laughs> bruce willis and kenneth branagh all right, so that was our first attempt at a uh, podcast. I hope that I think that went pretty well, yes. actually. Well, for they're a, not going to hear the parts that didn't. So right. <laughs> well, uh, you know, for a first attempt, I think we did pretty well. We talked forever. We're good at talking. Yeah, we're we good are. at talking. There's no doubt about it. But uh, anyway, we hope to do this again. And uh, you know, uh, however you want to go out and comment and go to the Twitter or whatever like that. You know, the the, the kids and their Twitter these days. <laughs> Uh, go and, uh, you know, maybe tell us how we did on this thing. Also, give us some questions for, we, we, we do have designs on making this a regular thing. And uh, it would be nice at the end if we could do a little answer fan questions stuff. Um, if you want to send those uh, to the Twitter or go on the subreddit or to email uh, or through the YouTube messaging system. But we would love to answer your questions as long as they are not. How did you guys get started? Right, exactly. Covered it. Because if you have listened to this podcast at all, you've heard the story. You already knew it. Yes. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out Cinema Sins on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. He did Much Ado About Nothing, and he did Othello, and he, I don't know if he directed Othello, but he, did he that was in Othello. four-and-a-half-hour Hamlet. Yeah, the four-and-a-half-hour Hamlet, which is also, the, the trailer has that music in it. Oh, but, yeah? Yeah. And when I first heard it, when I went back, we looked, we were doing something, and I, don't, I think it was like trying to figure out how Derek Jacoby's name is, is, is pronounced. <laughs> And I remember the Hamlet trailer. That's a, that's a tricky one. I remember the Ham. I remember the Hamlet trailer actually doing. You know, Warner Brothers Pictures presents. You know, uh, a new film from Kenneth Branagh based on the best work by William Shakespeare. And it's like you know, Robin Williams, Billy Crystal, Derek Jacoby. You know, that's what you went for your source. And for I went and sent it over to Jeremy. Because I, I like, did. I did Jacoby first. Because uh, wouldn't you? Yeah. Thor and Cinderella. Yeah. Like now he's just a whore. He's a hack. Oh shit. He did Jack Ryan Shadow. Yes. Oh my yes. God. Holy crap. <laughs> we could do a whole podcast on the breakdown of the directing career of Kenneth Branagh. What is what has he been done acting wise? Anything? I know he was in the only thing I can think of right now is Wild Wild West beyond the Hamlet. And uh, he's definitely stuff. been in some other stuff. Because yeah, he was, in, yeah, it was something recently actually, and uh, yeah, I can't. He was in Valkyrie. Ooh, um, that, mm. that's a good debatable movie, by mm. the way. Is it good or bad? Yeah. Um, he was also in Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Of course, so he did. He he was, you know, he was, was the Shadow Recruit. He was the Shadow Recruit. <laughs> um, my week with Marilyn. Oh right, and uh, Pirate Radio. And of course, yeah, Harry Potter was the big thing. He 
because he played Gilderoy Lockhart. Yep. All right. Um, Is he doing a new Shakespeare thing? I thought I saw that. Uh, I don't think so. Maybe he is. He's uh, done them all. There's none like Murder on the Orient Express. That's that something every British be. person has to do at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Winter's Tale. Is no. that the one with Colin Farrell? He's a stage director on that. Why are they putting that in the IMDb, huh? Stage huh? director? Huh? He's the stage director on The Winter's Tale. Kenneth Branagh Theater Company's The Winter Tale. That's oh, what it's, it's a, called. a play, not not the movie. Uh, yeah, it's a play. It's a stage director, so mm. I'm assuming that, yes, it's a... Uh, he gets up on stage and directs and then He leaves. gets on stage and directs and leaves. <laughs> he leaves. Someone preempt, preemptively gives him flowers before he... <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. That's uh, that's the Kenneth Branagh segment. We, I think we should always have a Kenneth Branagh <laughs> It would be kind of awesome if we did. Yeah, exactly. This weekend, Just, Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. If, if between every podcast, we all have to watch a Kenneth Branagh movie. and then Just like a book club. It's yeah, a Kenneth Branagh exactly. movie club. I, um, over the week, I, I watched Henry V. And um, as a professor of Henry V, I don't think he got that right. No, he didn't find a soul. Yeah, he didn't. <coughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, some of the iambic pentameter was way off. Um... Uh, there is uh, yeah. Fassbender's doing Macbeth. Have you guys seen that? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That could be good. Yeah. I wonder if Kenneth Branagh wishes he was a part of that. Yeah, probably so. He wanted to I think anything that. Shakespeare, Kenneth Branagh wishes he was a part of. I bet he at least gets consulted a lot of times on these things. If we went back and checked the credits on every movie ever made from any Shakespeare thing, Kenneth Branagh's name is in there somewhere. Yeah, it's probably like special acknowledgement. Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> Brenneth Fanna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's oh, actually he goes by um, Alan Smithy. Yes, usually Alan Smithy. But. That's right, because <laughs> because he does not Sir Alan Smithy. Yeah, because he feels like the movie has been altered in such a way that he doesn't want to have his name. <laughs> no. part of it. 